0: Welcome to the Feel Better Naked podcast. Real life, real women, no shame. We take it from drop it like it's hot to I can't get off the toilet. In this podcast, we tackle questions about real issues women have to face with their body, life, love, and their career. Every week, Dr. Letitia and Dr. Jennifer, both physical therapists and business owners, will share from their life experiences and expertise on their journey to feeling better naked. Join us as we ask the questions you never ask and have fun while doing it. Hey, hey, welcome to the Feel Better Naked podcast. Dr. Letitia here. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Dr. Jennifer. We are going to be diving into how to become the CEO of your health. So it's really important key, especially as women, when we're talking about putting ourselves first and not being on the back burner and worrying about taking care of everyone else but ourselves, And then at the detriment of our own health and wellness and mental health, taking a crash. So we're going to dive in there into a minute. Just want to do a little check in. Jennifer, what is going on with you, girl? How's the kids? How's the business? What's what's new in your world?
1: Yes, I am not yet 40. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, are you savoring your 30s? And you know what? I'm just living in the moment. So I'm 39 now. Um, it was fun. And uh, really business-wise for us, we've hired another physical therapist here at Regenerate Physiotherapy. And this will... Um, she'll be coming on board in February. And it'll free up time for me to um, really started doing more online workshops and building out some online courses and getting some of the basics done for pelvic health in general. So I am doing well this new year. How are you?
0: Yeah, doing well, you know, same thing. Definitely at at this point, um, with the COVID numbers, definitely continuing to, to jump and we're all then also, you know, cold and flu season here in Indiana, that good old cold weather. So yeah, online workshops have, um, one's going to be coming up in February. So I'm going to have a couple February, March, and hopefully once our weather decides to shift and change a little bit, because Indiana can definitely be, um, all four seasons in one day yes. <laughs> type type of weather, then we'll be able to have some more things that'll be, um, in person to be able awesome. to help some ladies. So as we go ahead and dive into how to become the CEO of your health, let's take a few at, uh, look at a few kind of basically unsettling stats. Cardiovascular disease kills nearly 50,000 African-American women annually. It is still the number one killer of women. Of women ages 20 and older, African-American women, 49% have heart diseases. So if you think about those staggering numbers and the amount of people that don't know that they are at higher risk for heart attack, stroke, and have heart disease. Then another thing to say is that only 58% of Black women are aware of the signs and symptoms of a heart attack. So we have a, such a higher rate of mortality, death from heart disease, but we don't even realize that we're even having a, a, a heart attack or having an issue because sometimes we just kind of push it to the side like, oh, I'm stressed. Oh, I'm just tired. Um, you know, I, if I, all I do, all I have to do is just, you know, popping, you know, a Tylenol and I'll be good to go. But that's a lot of times that's not the case. Even our, our symptoms are even different in women compared to men, extreme fatigue, nausea and vomiting, jaw, neck, or upper back pain, um, chest pain, but not always is a thing, shortness of breath. So or even like you feel like oh something just didn't settle right that I ate indigestion those are some of the 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 symptoms uh of heart attack but really being able to shift those numbers with heart disease diabetes um arthritis inflammation based uh, a lot of inflammation based chronic illnesses or diseases it's really a, a huge shift that needs to occur
1: yeah that was a lot of symptoms that I feel most of the people listening might have like, huh, I think I have one of those. How old do women, what's the average age that these symptoms start coming up for women? And, and are we talking all women, African-American women with, I know you nailed some statistics, but when you say that uh, women have different symptoms with uh, heart disease is that all women that you're referring to? Yes, that's all women. Okay. Women, women and-
0: compared to men, because you know all the the TV shows, movies, the heart attack is ugh, clutching the arm and the chest, and it's you know all you know all these other symptoms. Everybody's like, oh, that's what a heart attack is. Yeah, and those are to be common signs symptoms in men. That's that squeezing chest pressure pain. You can still have the jaw back neck or back pain, and then the shortness of breath. But men simply have a smaller series of symptoms compared to women. And a lot of the symptoms, as you said, in women, you can just brush those off as something else Mm
1: -hmm.
0: until the emergency actually occurs, unfortunately.
1: So how, what's that average age? Do you feel like these symptoms start showing up for women?
0: Yeah, I think of the highest incidence, definitely for heart disease and for diabetes is gonna be over the age of 45, but clearly it can happen much earlier. It really doesn't have any age proponent. Heart disease, you know, the older you get, then yes, that's going to increase the chances. But for things like type 2 diabetes, you can get that at any age. So it's not a thing that so-and-so is just really overweight or so-and-so is of this age. We have teenagers, individuals in their 20s, 30s, that are women that are being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes right now. Mm. And that's just not... Because it's because it's run to my family, or my mom's had it, or it yeah. or this had it. Is yeah. they actually were doing studies to show that yes, it can be in the family, but guess what? To me, it's the lifestyle that's in the family. It's yeah. not the genetic material. Mm. It's not because they had it. Now I'm just gonna, you know, it's in my DNA for me to have it. Is what's what's been passed on from family to family for you continue to have diabetes is going to be what we're eating our movement. Are we seeing that encouragement of physical fitness within families? If you see Mm -hmm. that, if you're even thinking of my family, no, you didn't see like your parents getting up. Well, actually I did see my dad would go to his friend's house to work out, you know, in a a gym that they had. He used to do racquetball. Those are things that I recall, but you think about a lot of people's family. Did you see your parents going to exercise? Did you see your parents prioritizing their health were you getting me, fruits, veggies? Were you were you seeing a variety of different foods mm-hmm. and that you were growing up on? Most likely not.
1: Well, and let's talk about going to your doctor visit, your annual. And you, most people who are dealing with some lifestyle things, they know they need to change. They're overweight or they're pre-diabetic, borderline. They kind of know things are coming. Maybe they're in their 30s but you go to your doctor and doctor's doing the annual and says, yeah, you need to go ahead and just lose weight. That's what it is. And then you get that and you're like, you know that going in. So tell me more about Yeah. what needs to be told. To yeah, some dude, that's, of these that's the
0: frustrating part is that, you know, people are already going there. I'm like, oh, or they don't even go. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna get beat up when I go there. They're gonna tell me that this is wrong and this is wrong. And I just need to exercise and, you know, eat kale for the rest of my life. And with that is there's no proactive change that is occurring there. They're telling you, all right, well, just start exercising and, you know, just cut down on the carbs and cut down. But what does that mean? So you go and you start doing random searches or you find the XYZ popular diet that's out there. Oh, I'm going to try that. Mm -hmm. You get on that for a few weeks. Oh, yeah, I am feeling a little bit better. I'm dropping some weight, but then guess what? It gets too hard to maintain that type of diet. You fall off. You end up gaining the weight back that you had and even more. Then you're going to continue and doing on this yo-yo of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, trying this diet, trying that diet. Oh, I'm going to maybe try some movement. I'm going to go through this class and I'm going to try that. And it's that never ending cycle that you never push past the point to be able to get the true health benefits in really shifting and adjusting your lifestyle. So really that disconnect is there.
1: And I say, I love, you know, be the CEO of your own health, of your health. When we look at CEOs and we look at how a business is run, CEOs aren't doing all the work. CEOs are really great at delegating and being the visionary of their business. And so when when I hear CEO, I hear of like, I'm going to hire people and delegate people to help me with my health. Because that doesn't mean you have to do it all. And it's hard to make these changes. So when someone's listening to this, what would be your recommendation of, you know, I'm uh, the typical person, right? Pre-diabetic, my blood pressure. So pre-diabetic is really, maybe you can define this for us. You know, you're going in, you know, you're not had your annual in a while. Cause right. We're in COVID people are starting now to go out to their doctor and you know, you're expecting the bad news. And, um, I think my first question would be what would be pre-diabetic and what would be borderline blood pressure issues and what the second part of that is, what do you suggest people do to be the CEO?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that's good that you were talking about the CEO. Cause also the CEO is the person that's running things. Like they're the head person. So if you think about you being a CEO of health, the doctor is underneath you. The doctor's not above you and just saying, whatever the doctor swings down, that's what I'll do. So that's about taking control of your health and not just going with the status quo. <clears throat> so when you take control, that means, like you said, you're delegating your hiring students. So one of my main things I tell people is you have to build your wellness squad. So your wellness squad are the team of people, your go-to people when you have an issue that, that is going on. Your, your ride or die wellness squad practitioners. One is going to be maybe your primary med- your primary medical doctor. A lot of times I would maybe even focus on you going to a nurse practitioner. And a nurse practitioner can have their own practice. They work under the guidance of a doctor that kind of supervises them, but they are you're able to go there and have more one-on-one visits. If you're especially looking at functional medicine, one-on-one that longer period of time with that nurse practitioner, find someone that's going to listen to you and not just shrug your symptoms off as in, oh, we don't really know what's going on with that. Here's this other medication. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a few of the symptoms of this, we'll just prescribe this. So, nurse practitioner, primary MD, next, I'm gonna be biased, is your physical therapist. Mm-hmm it's a bias there, but guess what? Physical therapists and movement specialists. We help people aches, pains, preventative, um, internally, pelvic floor, pelvic health, all these things. When it comes down to, if you're definitely, if you're trying to just start an exercise program, you haven't been moving in a while, you hopping out there and jumping and trying to do some XYZ P 90 X, Y, Z, P90X, uh, you know, CrossFit routine that you have not been doing then it's gonna be hard for you to wanna withstand, do those things. You can even go to a physical therapist and get a check prior to you starting an activity just to make sure that you're um, able to withstand anything with injury prevention, making sure you're moving well. If there's any modifications that maybe that trainer or personal trainer you go to may need to do based on your current condition. So, and my next is gonna be a massage therapist relaxation, (laughs) relaxing the bodies and having that me time is so crucial. It's part of that mental health aspect um, of things too. being able, having to go to a massage therapist and last will probably be some person that can put all the pieces together and help support you in that with probably some health coaching and that health coaching aspect is someone not telling you what to do. They're there as a guide and a tour to be able to put different pieces together that could look at sleep, stress, nutrition, in and, and the way that you move.
1: Explain, you know, health coaching, life coaching is really on the rise, but I think is sometimes not really understood well. Can you tell me a little bit more what a health coach could provide? What, what would a session look like? Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So a health coach session would basically would go through, look at your medical history. I mean, it's going to be different based on kind of the background of the health coach, obviously I'm a physical therapist as well, so I'm going to look a little bit different and probably know a little bit deeper to go into um, what you're moving, what current diagnosis you have that may be movement disorders, arthritis, um, some things with heart disease and diabetes to make sure those numbers are staying um, are going down so that we can monitor those things. So we'd come to a session and you would be like, all right, here's are some areas that I want to address we talk about those areas and then devise a plan. So that person as the coach is there to help as a as a guide and a tour for you so that you're not on there on your own. You're not out there trying the random this and doing a gazelle, gazillion Google searches and following Dr. Google for your all your medical advice. Or you you might be going already to a personal trainer, but guess what? If the personal trainer doesn't have that nutrition background, doesn't know about heart disease, diabetes, Uh, spinal issues, you're going to probably need someone else to build in that team, as in physical therapist, chiropractor, whoever you want to do to be able to help you with those aspects. But the health coach is kind of that bridge that helps put those pieces together, guides you and keeps you accountable and comes up with that structured plan for overall total health and wellness, not just one aspect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you say coach, it's It's, it's not easy. I want to honor it because I, you know, in me being a physical therapist and I have clients who want to change lifestyle. And that is, uh, something that when I help a client, this is the end game is I'm helping them exercise or move in a certain way related to their pelvic health or enjoy a certain aspect of their life. But let's say they are borderline diabetic, um, as a pelvic PT kind of looking at their pelvic health. I'm really focused on that area, but it's so helpful just to have someone there looking at all of it and coaching you. So you feel like you're not on an Island and alone. Cause I'll tell you as business owners, when you're doing it all by yourself, it's very overwhelming and you're kind of bouncing. You can sometimes bounce. And then we start hiring help and becoming that business owner or CEO. It starts to let you focus where you need to focus and not trying to conquer the day. Cause you're not just you do in yourself, you might have a family, you might have some community work, your workplace. There's a lot of things in life so that coach can, I would say like really help accelerate and get you to meet those goals and focus on focus. What do I, What's my goal here? And not bounce to different diets.
0: And you did mention about kind of what does pre-diabetic and, and, and diabetes look like. Um, as far as health numbers to know, for any woman over the age 35, you must know what your A1C is. Your A1C is that blood sugar number that, sh- that measures your blood sugar over a two to three month period. So normally if people are familiar with someone that has diabetes, they prick their finger and they and they test their blood, and it's going to tell you about what your blood sugar levels are. That initial number, if you're testing daily, that gives you what your number is at that point in time. Your A1C gives it for over a two or three month period. They use that number to determine if you're pre-diabetic or, or you have diabetes. So an A1C of 5.6 and under is the safe range where you wanna be. Once you get into 5.7 to 6.4, you are pre-diabetic. And a lot of people are getting physicals. Um, it's the a year at this time it's recording. We're getting physical, we're getting numbers and you're looking at those blood pressures, you're looking at the A1C, and then when you get the results back, the doctor might say, oh, okay, you're fine. But guess what? Fine could be you're on the border. You could have an A1C of 5.6, getting ready to tip over into prediabetes, but they tell you all your numbers are in normal range. To me, that's an alert. That means I can triple right over into being prediabetic at any point. So what needs to be done before we get there instead of waiting another full year to get tested again and then now you're maybe diabetic at that point. So that A1C of 6.5 or greater um, is classified as di- men di- having diabetes, but you have to get two consecutive A1C testing of 6.5 or greater to actually give you the diagnosis okay, of, of diabetes.
1: Tell me if we catch it, that alert, you know, that pre-diabetic, is that reversible or is it just out of your control?
0: Yeah. And some people think there it is, it's like, well, I'm doing, I'm pre-diabetic or I have diabetes. And then that's it. Yes. Yeah. That point. Yes. Reversible. Let's back ourselves out of pre-diabetes <laughs> and keys for that is going to be decreasing that weight in abdominal, in abdominal fat. It's going to be making some diet and lifestyle modification and getting our body to move, but it's got to be a structured plan that's catered to you. Just the blanket statement of go exercise or let's focus on carbs, your carb content. Most people don't know what that means. And then when it comes down to it, you're not going to stay to a strict plan like that. Our mm-hmm. human nature is going to kick in and you might've been counting calories. You might've been saying diligent, you will with it for a while, then we fall off of it because we didn't really make it a lifestyle change. And we made it, it being about restricting ourselves instead of giving ourselves the freedom to live by making some changes.
1: hmm That's, I think, Love that. And again, you talk about hopefully our country is going to start making that shift to a well-care model because I just want to bring this up. You know, people might ask, you know, does insurance cover a health coach? And I, I want to honor that. If you're paying for an insurance plan right now, I think it's fair to expect your insurance should help reimburse for these things. Unfortunately, that We are set up for what Dr. Lentish and I say quite often, the sick care model, and we are not about prevention in this country, although we could save millions and billions of dollars if we invested here versus the after effects of diabetes. So part one question, what's the game on insurance and health coaching? And then number two, what are some complications of diabetes if they don't get taken care of?
0: Yeah. So yeah, definitely with health coaching, with a lot of things, like you see, most of us now, you most likely have an insurance plan that has a greater than $2,000 deductible. And if you're a person that just does health checks, check-ins once a year, does or don't, there's no way you're going to reach that. So to think that your insurance covers things or, oh, I got to look for something that's in network. It can be in network on your insurance plan all you want, but guess what? you have not met that deductible. You still owe. You have to get so many services to get up to that deductible to get to pay. And then you're, so the whole view of trying to find something that's in network or on my plan, that's a backwards view. The view should be, let me find the best provider that's going to get me to where I need to get to. That's going to have a game plan that I can follow that's catered to me. That's going to get me toward my health goals instead of let me look at the a list of companies that are in network and try to choose from there. And just whatever random place the doctor decides to send me to, that's kind of like in physical therapy, but health coaching. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not a cover. And just like personal training, isn't, uh, you know, massage therapy, isn't all these other resources. They're going gym memberships. Those are not, and those are all tools to help you with decreasing chronic disease and chronic illness instead of us looking at now we're shifting to where the complication of diabetes. Now Mm -hmm. we have vision loss. You can go blind, kidney failure. You have um, amputations from blood circulation, blood circulation going bad from uncontrolled diabetes. So if you think about what makes sense to us saying, yeah, there should be some things that should be taken care of in, in this model, but we're a reactive model. Let's make, let's wait until, Your blood sugar gets so bad that now you can hardly see. And then we'll do the XYZ treatment. Let's wait for your kidneys to begin shutting down. So now we can have you on dialysis three days a week. The cost of dialysis, the cost of insulin, the cost of all these other things that people are paying. Are we not seeing that we don't have to have those costs (laughs) in there and they're willing. The funny thing is companies are willing, insurance companies and things are willing to pay For all these other expensive tests pay for you to be in the the hospital for multiple days. But they're not willing to pay for you to go see a health care provider. Go see a physical therapist that's going to be catered to your needs. A health coach is going to be able to make those shifts and changes. So part of being the CEO of your own health is making sure you're allocating the right resources to your health.
1: Yeah. And it also sounds, if we look at this from a financial standpoint, is... You know, you're investing now to prevent further problems, just like you're saving for retirement. You know, we talk about, let me just retire early and people will work themselves so hard, so hard, neglecting their body. And now you retire at 55, but you've got high blood pressure, fatigue, you can't walk, and it's like we're trying to enjoy these golden years. Um, And you've invested your money for financial means to live without working. But what have you done to your body to try to get there? The best investment is yourself, your body.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and there's a lot of people like you wish it was 55 that you'd be able to retire, but 65 or greater. I've seen people 67, 70 years old still working and they're still working so they can get health care. So you're beating yourself up, continuing to work so that you can get health health healthcare, healthcare yeah. that's not doing much for you at this, at this point. But then when it is time to retire, you're so broke down from high blood pressure, diabetes, joint issues, you can't even enjoy that time. Or we put mm-hmm. so much focus into, let me put my savings away for retirement. And there's some people that don't also have savings for retirement. So you're investing in your retirement, but you're not in, investing in that body that you'll have with retirement.
1: Yeah. Yes. Health is wealth.
0: For sure. That's a a number, Um, number one key.
1: Yeah. I think a couple of things you had brought up was, um, you had brought up really diabetes and heart disease as some big things. What are, as a health coach, what are some other symptoms or, um, health problems clients have of yours that come to you? Um, that maybe other you know women aren't aware of?
0: Yeah, I think um, arthritis and joint issues are also a large thing because that's a, um, a major deterrent for people to want to move. Mm-hmm. So it goes into the cycle of if I have knee arthritis, hip arthritis, if I have spine issues, back pain, then I'm not going to want to move because it causes pain. Or you really haven't found the right movements that are fit for you. And being able to have that education tool to tell people that, guess what? Move, you know, pain doesn't equal damage. So if something is painful, it doesn't mean that it's damaging something more. Or you have to get out of that that cycle of, I'm I'm in pain, so I'm not gonna move. It's just a continual cycle of you continue to have some more issues with chronic illness indeed. So another one will be rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of, or I guess, a lot of things are based on like inflammation and different disorders that that way. So common things are definitely be within pre-diabetic, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, um, having high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, also, could be things like MS. Um, uh, individuals that have those or well, so that already have maybe have some difficulties with with moving and wanna be able to find some ways to kind of optimize nutrition. So it's kind of in that border that people are into their 40s, 50s. A lot of people, a lot of women that I'm seeing now are into their 50s, late 40s, 50s, 60s as well. And they're like, you know, things are definitely shifting and things I used to do when I was younger, it's a little bit harder to try to find that right fit. And there's plenty of people that you don't have to be diagnosed with anything. A lot of these things are silent they are silent killers. You may not even know you have a diagnosis of that. Or you could be like, hey, everything is going fine with, I'm able to move, I'm able to do these things, but we still haven't been able to find the ways to optimize that nutrition, sleep, and stress component. So you can get all the techniques and strategies you can on moving. You can always pop on a Zumba video, go to this class, go to that class, but you really don't have the other tools that are going to go into, am I going to be able to drop weight? Why is my energy level the way that it is, so digging deeper into some of those on the surface things as well as a big proponent for me is what I'm suffering forward is from hypothyroidism, so like having a sluggish thyroid that changes the game um for a lot of lot of ladies,
1: yeah, you had mentioned just bringing back um m s can you tell me what m s
0: uh multiple sclerosis, yes okay. so that is, that is definitely a progressive disease. So a lot of people mm-hmm. can be in different cycles. You can be pretty steady with medication for a while, then have a flare up in which you're mm-hmm. going to have different changes in, in, in vision, sensation, uh, motor function, where your muscles you know are moving. There's mm-hmm. so many various stages um, of that as well. So mm-hmm. not to say we can reverse MS or anything like that, but guess what? Diet and what you're putting in your body, nutrition is the cornerstone for the majority of all the chronic yeah. disease and illness going on, especially with yeah. like Alzheimer's and and things like that too.
1: Yeah. I also want to bring back a really important thing. Cause I hear that as a lot as a physical therapist, if I do, if I've got knee pain, is that going to make it worse? So this whole thought of like damaging and making things worse. Um, if you're listening to this and have those thoughts. I'm going to tell you that's super, super common. But where do you think that that fear of making things worse? Where do you feel like that stems from? I yeah, I think it's
0: just, you know, place like individual worse because, you know, pain is that immediate thing. You know, we know that's that always top of mind. So you're like, if I'm moving and I'm doing this, is this making this worse? Because I feel like it's more painful but not realizing, well, after you get done with the activity for better, a progressive thing of having the right movement and the right things to do, then that movement's going to be the best bet. Cause I run into a lot of people now is that they don't want to be on medications. They don't want to take stuff for pain. They don't want to walk right into a surgery. So yeah. whatever you can do now to prolong, some things do require surgery. You know, you have significant, severe hip or knee arthritis and it's, completely debilitating and obviously shown on x-ray and scans, that's wrong. And if your quality of life is poop, yes, you need to get a hip and a knee replacement. But just going in for scoping the knee and, and, and having minor procedures without going through the process of having a good physical therapy program or a good structured exercise program from that area, jumping into surgery or just relying on, all right, every three months, it's time for me to go on for my next injection but you don't do anything in between that time period to be mm-hmm. able to help with strength, mobility and making your joints stronger, then you're going to fall into that hole of just relying on pain meds, injections and surgeries.
1: I'm putting a band-aid on it. And for anyone listening to, it's yeah, if you're having those fearful thoughts of like am I making this worse? That's what physical therapists do. We have our doctorate most of us at this point and we love to help people move. And so if you're really in this place of you've maybe started a new program or um, maybe at the gym because this is the beginning of the year. So and you're starting to have some discomfort in whatever part of your body, ankle, neck, back, seeing a physical therapist to see what's going on to how, to, to help you have that unique plan to modify is so profoundly helpful. And if your pain's not going away within, I'm a big fan of two to three weeks. Two weeks, really, if you're in a severe pain and you can't move, like that's, you got to get something looked at. But if you've been modifying at the gym and it's pushing three or four weeks, seeing a PT is really effective to getting you on the right track. But again, like Dr. Letitia said at the beginning of all of this, you looking around, asking people who they've seen doing Google reviews, looking at Google reviews to find who would be the right physical therapist for you and going from there, not just relying on your insurance company, your insurance company, the person trying to help you find someone in network. They're not vested in what you need. You know what you need.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said, that's the difference between, you know, not all physical therapy is treated is created equally finding a specialist. And that's why I primarily see women over the age of 35 and specialize in runners. So if you go to another provider that is, you're a runner and they're not a runner, they don't understand, Hey, I got this half marathon coming up in two or three weeks. I got to get this done. They're not a runner. They don't understand why you love it so often, why you love to do it. Or you go to the doctor and say, Hey, I've been having knee pain. Once I get to six miles, they'll just say, all right, we'll just stop running. We'll just rest. And most runners are like, no, I'm not going to do that. So if they've had that experience, then you're not going to seek outside help because you think the person you go to is just going to tell you not to run. So you rely on gazillion YouTube clips. Oh, I'll try this exercise. I'll get the foam roller. I'll stretch myself to death. And then now it's two and three weeks and you're still having problems on that run. And now it's going to be affecting if I'm going to be able to complete this race. And if I do, I'll get through the race, but I'll be limping my way on back home just to say I got it so I can get done with it. So being Mm. able to find someone that specializes in your particular condition um, and not just a blanket statement of the doctor said physical therapy. So I'm just going to do whatever or I really don't think physical therapy is going to help me because you had a bad experience in the past is you doing all those extensive searches you do on finding the best place to eat and reading all the reviews. (laughs) <laughs> why don't mm-hmm. you do the same thing when it comes to your health why you're not reading yeah. doctor's reviews massage therapists, physical therapist reviews um you as many exhaustive searches you got to find that just perfect shirt to go with the outfit and you're doing all these things but then when it comes to our health it's like oh well the doctor told me to go here or i'll just go to whatever you know i'm just looking for a doctor that's in xyz network and you don't do any yeah. research yeah. or do any follow-up yeah Does it make sense? Does it being a CEO?
1: You're a boss.
0: You're the boss. boss.
1: Yeah. Be a boss. Be a boss. Thanks so much. This is really helpful. A lot of great statistics. And if y'all have any questions about any of this, we always like for you to, we have an Instagram page at the feel better naked podcast, and you can DM us there, drop comments on this uh, episode Uh, And we'd be more than happy to do more extensive podcasts on one of the topics that you are interested in with our lovely Dr. Letitia, health coach. Um, Any last things you want to add in here? No, I think when it comes to
0: becoming CEO of your health, you have to take control and don't put it in anyone else's hands. Do your research, find ways that you can help yourself be the best you can so that you can age gracefully into your 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond and not have to be worrying about pain medication, injections, and surgeries. So you can find me at Dr. Letitia PT on Instagram. Definitely feel free, comment, like, share, hit me with any questions that you have. Uh, But other than that, until next time, we will see you.
1: Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today on our Real Conversations and Journey to Feeling Better Naked. I know there are a million other things you could be doing, sending you all the love. Check out the show notes to grab any tidbits or tools that were discussed on the episode today and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Remember, you are enough.